Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Women Positive. This podcast celebrates the achievements of women as they overcome barriers. I want to share their stories, their ideas, and their strategies to inspire other women as well. Women who haven't found the answer to their challenges as yet. It isn't always easy, but we can all learn from the solutions that other women have developed as we reach for a better future. We're going to hear from women whose compelling experiences and efforts to break the mold are a beacon for other women around us. So welcome. Hi everyone, it's Patricia Dent. This week, we're welcoming Elle Naj, who is a self-leadership expert from New Zealand. She's going to talk to us in this first podcast about learning to love fear. Let's welcome Elle. It came to me while I was uh, walking. I was like, okay, well, I'm finally owning the fact that I'm a self-leadership expert. I am the only self-leadership expert in the world who actually specializes in working with female leaders over 40. Nobody else in the world does what I do. And then I thought to myself, well, if I'm really finally owning this, then who am I as this woman? And what are all the little subsections that I have been preparing for that I have not claimed yet? You know, so I have been claiming the coach part for a really long time. I've been a professional coach for almost two decades. And I finally had to go, and it's time to be a teacher. Mm. And it's time to claim the author. And it's time to claim the speaker. And it's time to claim the CEO. And it's time to claim the founder. It's time to claim the fact that I'm actually building a billion dollar female empowerment industry. This and is very everything cool. in my life has been preparing me for this moment, especially the scary stuff, especially the hard stuff, especially the stuff that when it was happening, I was like, oh, the sucks. Now I look back and I go, thank you. Everything happens for me. Mindset shift needs to happen in this world. That is what will make women phenomenal leaders. Well, you know, is it fear? Like, is this conversation really about fear? Right. Yes, it is, because until people start understanding the role that fear is playing in today's society, they are captive in what I call shadow consciousness. Okay. Like everything that they are thinking, everything that they are processing, how they are acting is coming from a fear space because that is how we are being conditioned we're born into a fear grid at the moment right that is the reality of the world however what where my passion comes into about fear patricia is we have to start having a different relationship with fear if we are going to be fearless leaders and what i mean about that is i don't want you to kill your fear I'm so sick and tired of hearing people say, feel the fear and do it anyway. What a waste of an opportunity to get to know yourself better and to grow. You know, we can't make it till we make it. But I wanted to understand what the purpose of fear was. I wanted to really understand in my life, what is the role that fear is playing in my life? What is it creating in my life? And then after understanding that, well, how's it playing out in the world? And COVID was just that final cherry on the cake for me where I was like, holy peanut butter. 
how can people not see how they are being manipulated through fear? How can they not actually see how they are being conditioned to obey, to feel the things that, you know, people give such beautiful labels to like imposter syndrome and, and all of these things. It's all fear-based. It's yes. all fear-based. And as long as people try and kill their fear or numb the fear or run away from the fear instead of moving into the fear and that's why i say i want you to french kiss fear i want you to get really excited about fear and go sit on his lap and go oh lover yeah like get me hot and steamy show me who i get to become as my fullest expression of potential when i french kiss you and i actually have you submit my power back to me when did that start for you, though? When was that realization? You've had such an interesting background. You're right now in New Zealand, right? Yes. But you yes. were in Johannesburg, I believe. Is that yeah, correct? South Africa. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned to me a story that I found a little unnerving because, you know, when you go out bike riding and you ask yourself if today is a good day to die, that seems an extreme way to live. Can you tell me a little bit about that story? Hmm. So, so let's backtrack a little bit so we sure. can get to why I even got to that question okay. for myself. So I come from a corporate background and then went into psychology and then the universe life blessed me with uh, suicidal depression. Oh. And when you sit that day with two toddlers, in the next room with a bottle of pills and you go i think i want to see tomorrow like i've had enough like I, i'm ready to check out you have to start asking yourself different questions when i chose not to drink the pills for the first time i reached out to a doctor and said if you don't see me today i'm not going to see tomorrow oh. And the only reason I chose to live was for my two boys. That was the only reason I had left to live. Thank goodness for my boys. Right. So off I went to the doctor and he gave me antidepressants and said, okay, well, you need to start taking these today and then you need to go for therapy. Now, as a trained psychotherapist, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I popped the pills. I hated the pills. So I went to therapy as soon as possible and I hated the therapy even more. So let me just say that therapy does not work for everybody. Like let's, let's just start there. The idea that there's one size fits all for anything in life is absolutely absurd. And for those of us who came in here to be disruptive, to, to challenge the system, to bring in a new level of consciousness, to to become who we truly are by remembering who we truly are, which is why I believe we have to go through our own dark night of the soul. It's not about getting through the night. It's about remembering that there's something more to us than what meets the eye. So as I was going to therapy, I remember sitting in my car after one session, crying, like I couldn't drive because I was crying too much. And I just said, God, universe, whatever is out there, you have to show me another way. I, I'm not coming back for one more session. 
this is killing me. This is destroying me. And started the car and I was driving home and I saw kickboxing dojo for the first time. It's been there for years. I've never seen it. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, all right, turn around. And I went and I signed up without understanding what kickboxing what was. is. Mm. And literally within weeks, I was cured. No more depression. I was badass, kick ass, bring it on, ready to rock and roll life. That was a turnaround for me. I decided at that moment, I didn't want to just live anymore. I wanted to thrive. Living was not good enough for me anymore. And I think that's critical for people to understand. First of all, you, you have to stop taking life for granted. You have to stop thinking that you are going to have a reason to not take the pills or you are not going to be taken out by a car or you are not going to fall down a cliff or whatever the case might be because we don't know. We don't know our expiration date. And when you understand that your human, your body, this mind, this is mortal. There's an expiration date for what you are seeing. But my being, who I am, my essence is immortal, is eternal. Having this human experience, this human experience gets to be fun. Then you start understanding that if I am prepared to die every single day, and that's why I would ask it before getting on my bike to go training, because everybody would look at me and go, you're freaking insane. Because I would go out at four o'clock in the morning on my own, in the dark, in Johannesburg, and ride 70Ks on my bicycle. And I was like, well, before I get on my bike, I asked myself, are you ready to die today? Is today a good day to die? Because if today is not a good day today, that means I've got unfinished business. There's either a conversation that I am too cowardly to have, or there is somebody that I'm not telling them that I love them as, as much as I need to, or want to, or desire to tell. Like, why am I leaving unfinished business? And then like a typical woman have those lists, those to-do lists that you just carry over day after day after day to make yourself feel bad and incompetent. Instead of going, well, I can die today. I'm willing to get on my bike and risk not coming back because there's no unfinished conversations. I've told everybody that I love them and whatever is done is done. It is the most liberating way to live because now you're not carrying all your crap with you. You're not carrying your past with you as though it's this hardship because you've worked through your stuff. I just admire this viewpoint so much from you because we really do carry along all kinds of baggage. We talk about the baggage that we carry from day to day to day to day. So when you talk to me about discovering how much you love fear, you are actually confronting. So whether it's scary or not, you're dealing with it. Well, yes, it, and it's not just about dealing with it. So, so okay. my relationship with fear changed in my first Ironman event. So, right. you know, I was cycling for a couple of years. Now I'm in my thirties, like late thirties already. And I fell in love with cycling. So I started cycling competitively and then started, you know, competing at a license level and then got into nationals and was getting medals for that. And I was like, oh, this is cruising. And what else? And a friend sent me a YouTube video of Ironman. 
and I was watching it sitting in my lounge and it was hot the sun was coming in and this guy went over the line and the mic said John you are an iron man and I got chills I was like oh I was born to be an iron man (laughs) (laughs) so I took out my credit card I went online I was like when's the next iron man event and it said in four months in South Africa I was like okay enter press pay on the credit card run to the bathroom have a spiritual poop (laughs) that was big and then i came back and i was like what does it entail (laughs) so you signed up before you even knew what it entailed because it just appealed to you it spoke to you yeah well because i was born to be an iron man there you go (laughs) there was chills so therefore it had to be so it was a 3.8k swim in the ocean and then a 180k bike ride and then a 42.2k run like within a certain time and I was like okay well this could be challenging because I don't know how to swim because after a near drowning as a child I'm terrified of water and so I'd never learned how to swim I was confident I could ride you know because I've got doing like five six hundred k's on my bike a week so I can do that that's not a problem and then the run could possibly be a little challenging as well because I've never run more than 5Ks and I'm, you know, slow as a, as a tortoise in molasses. But I was like, okay, we can do this. So I started going to swimming coaches and that was um, an interesting experience because they would eventually put me with their toddlers. Now you can imagine I am a high-achieving, driven, successful woman so, you know, I have this thing called pride. Mm-hmm. And then you put me in a swimming pool with a bunch of five and six-year-olds who swim like dolphins. And I can't even put my head under the water. So that was humbling. So eventually after two coaches, I was like, you know what? This isn't working for me. I can't even float. I just sink to the bottom like a rock. So I went onto YouTube and I started Googling how to swim And I was teaching myself how to swim by doing all these crazy kind of drills in the swimming pool. So that was cool. Then I started the running and I started getting a serious amount of pain. I would start vomiting after a kilometer because the pain was so intense. So off I started going to doctors and physios and they said, well, you can't run, you need a hip operation because there's a piece of bone sticking out in your hip that's literally, as you run, it's cutting up the inside of your body. And that is creating all these skeletal injuries in you as well. You can't do Ironman. You'll have to cancel and then you'll have to go for the operation and then hopefully you'll be able to run again, but we can't guarantee it. I was like, you guys are crazy. Like it is in two months it's non-refundable it was like ten thousand that i've invested in this event plus all of the equipment and stuff that you need i was like this is not happening so i went to a physio eventually and i said to him get me to the start line and i'll get to the finish line and he put on a program seven days a week of rehabilitation that i had to do i wasn't allowed to run on the road because of the impact so i had to run in a swimming pool up and down in local gym right right which by the way the hardest part of this is the mind-numbing boredom of 
running slow motion like an idiot in a full-on virgin active gym for three hours. So then I would get bored. So I would start talking to people and they would think I'm crazy and swim away from me. Eventually, gym owners allowed me to go into the aqua pool where I could at least put music on and then run in a circle for three hours. So we got to the start line eventually through all of this, Patricia. The morning of Ironman, I couldn't swim in the ocean. I, I went in to warm up with the other athletes, got to about hip height, burst into tears and ran back onto the field. And I was standing there thinking, okay, well, here you are, Al, standing on the beach with 1,799 pro athletes and you have to find a way. The cannon went off and I just kept saying to myself, but I already know I was born to be an Ironman, so there has to be a way for me to do this. And I, I would just count my breaths, like one, two, three, spot. One, two, three, where's the rest of the field? One, two, three. Oh my God, I'm going in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh was, no. It was hysterical. So I eventually got to a certain spot and then I would go, okay, so now I just have to find the next one. And I was going around in the first round. I was about three quarters in the first lap and the pros lapped me because they were already finished with their second lap. And I thought, it's okay. It's okay. We can do this. Like no ego here. And I remember hearing this voice going, you know what? We might as well give up. And I was like, God <laughs> and it was a man's voice <laughs> and I was like what and I look around and there's this other athlete and he goes you might as well give up we're not going to make the cut off he's raising his hand to be pulled out of the water and I'm like are you crazy like do you have yeah. any idea what I went through to get here it's like I'm not giving up until they tell me that I've not made the cut off and off I went two hours and 15 minutes later here comes Al stumbling out now in my mind, I have Baywatch, babes running out of the ocean, you know, beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Then there's Al, who can't feel her legs anymore, who's like a wobble bear, <laughs> just kind of going, oh my God, I survived. And this voice in my head just said, behind your fear lies your freedom. And I thought, oh, okay. All right, we're going to just put that somewhere and we have to come back to this because this, this is huge. I finished my Ironman event and became an Ironman because I was born to be one, of course. Of course. Even though I don't look like an Ironman. And then afterwards I went back and said, well, what does it mean behind all my fear lies my freedom? And I started running in my mind everything that I had missed out on in life because I was afraid of water. All the pool parties I didn't go to as a child, not surfing, not ever going to the beach, even though my heart is at peace at the beach. I started thinking about all the other things that I had said no to in life because of fear. And then I thought, but what if fear is not my enemy? What if fear is my guiding life to my greatness? And I realized it wasn't about getting the Ironman medal. 
It was about who I had become as the woman who completed Aina. And what you managed to achieve despite all of the negativity and all of the fear. Oh, that's and it's very inspiring. So when you start thinking about that, when you start looking at all the fears that we have in life and you go, who do I get to become when I outgrow this fear, not overcome it? Mm. I want to outgrow it because if this fear is a pod, a growth pod, a growth seed for me, and I nurture this, I water it, I allow it to grow, then who is it that I become that is my better version self than who I was before this? Now think about this. Like think about all the fears that especially women have in business. Right. Being seen, being heard, charging their worth, sitting at the table of greatness. Right. Going for levels of excellence. Like these are all fears that women have. Do we become in the process of outgrowing them? And the only way to outgrow a fear is to go into the fear, is to French kiss the fear, is to stop being mm -hmm. afraid of fear itself. When we stop being afraid of death and we stop being afraid of fear. How much does that free you to do other things instead of wasting your time and energy? on nothing that is productive at all. Exactly. You become mm -hmm. completely liberated to be who you truly came here to be. You can find Elle on LinkedIn. I want to thank her for appearing today. Stay tuned for her next podcast on self-leadership and how important it is for women. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will join us each week as we walk through women's journeys in overcoming challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Ask for Directions Training, helping new entrepreneurs grow and create the business of their dreams. If you found this to be valuable, please share it with your family, friends, and others. Also, I would love it if you would leave a comment or a review. If you have a story to tell about overcoming a challenge, reach out to me at patricia at askfordirectionstraining.com to chat about appearing on the podcast. Until next time, stay positive.